Hello and welcome to Fielding Questions, a podcast by Egg Country Farm Credit Services that explores the world of farm finance and rural living. My name is Adam Albrecht, and today we're going to try and answer a big question for a lot of farmers. Should I buy farmland? Here to help walk us through this major decision is Ross Hebrink, VP Loan Officer with Egg Country. Welcome to the podcast, Ross. Thanks, Adam. Glad to be on the show here. Well, Ross, if a farmer walks into your office and says, should I buy farmland? Where do you typically begin? The first uh, discussion that we usually have is I like to put it back into the customer's plate. And I, a lot of times I'll tell them what is kind of the price or the high limit that you're looking at. A lot of times we can do a different analysis and figure out what that customer could afford. But really, a lot of times I've found out in my experience that it comes down to the customer being comfortable with how much am I willing to put out there and potentially change the way that I'm looking at this operation in terms of this additional debt that would be coming. So that's that's kind of where I like to start it out from there. And then from there, we can get into more details and figure out loan structure repayment ability and a lot of the other details that come along with land purchases. So are there any other large factors that kind of come into play that determine whether or not this is a good decision to purchase? Anytime there's a land purchase, there's a lot of, we find out there's a lot of different reasons that a customer might be wanting to purchase the land. A lot of times it's location or history with that land. A lot of times our borrowers will have the opportunity to purchase land that they might have been renting for, say, 20, 30 years, and they know that land in and out, and they are they're, they're very connected to it, I would say, and they have a desire to continue keeping that in their operations. So th- that's one of the big uh, drivers with those land purchases, uh, location, history with it. Uh, another thing that we, we find out a lot is that we look at the next generation. Does it make sense? Do they have another generation within their operation that would be looking at farming or at least is currently involved with their operation? They want to continue farming in the future. If that's the case, that can be a big driver in terms of do I continue to expand or maybe it makes sense if I don't have someone else coming coming down the line here of continuing to keep this farming operation going, does this make the best sense at this point in time? So those are kind of the three main factors that come into play in terms of land purchase. And I can understand from the location standpoint, when a piece of land, let's say adjacent to a farmer's property comes up for sale, you don't know when the next opportunity might arise to purchase that land. So it might be a once in a generation chance, I'll say, to to purchase that land. So yeah, I, I can totally understand how that would be a very difficult thing for a farmer to decide, even if they weren't necessarily thinking about purchasing that, it just pops up onto the market. Yeah, that that does come into play quite a bit. You'll hear that kind of a lot with, if you attend real estate auctions, a lot of the auctioneers will kind of throw that stat out there. I think they say, you know, historically the land changes hands maybe once in every 50, 60 years. You know, I don't know how much truth to that there is. I, I think it kind of depends on location, you know, but 
I think for the most part, that is generally the case. So yes, definitely. That is something that, you know, it might be, this might be my only chance to add this to my current land base. Do you have to complete any type of projections on what that land could yield? Yeah, that comes into the equation a little bit. I would say more so we're looking at the borrower's overall financial position in terms of um, asset base, as we look at owner equity, as we look at their working capital position. There are times I would say that, you know, that is part of the equation. I wouldn't say it's a big part of it, but more so maybe on, say, like irrigated land um, in terms of if there is irrigation or if there is irrigation needed, what the additional yield potential could be if they were, say, to purchase land that doesn't have, uh, is not currently irrigated, but if you purchase the land and added irrigation to it, what would be your additional yield potential with that so that's where we get into uh, more looking into how much more could it uh, the yield could be generated from that land purchase so then if somebody is thinking about purchasing some land out there and they're looking to talk to their lender uh, from a lender's point of view what would you like for them to bring into that meeting what what would really help the lender understand what's going on that's a great question. So what really helps us a lot and makes the whole process easier is if a customer comes and they come and they have a current balance sheet or if we generally, if they don't have something current, if we want to go back to the beginning of the year balance sheet, that's uh, kind of a, a standard that plus um, some earnings information both uh, historical and a lot of times we see tax returns that are brought in for that cash flow, projected cash flow for the year, kind of where they're sitting in terms of what has maybe been priced in terms of their commodity that they're raising. And finally, if they want, if they could just give some details in terms of um, knowing that they've kind of done their homework on this land in terms of Um, how much tile is in it, if they can give an idea of if it's currently rented, what the cash rent is, um, just kind of those details in terms of specifics related to that piece of property. Um, Those are kind of the main pieces of information that we would want to be looking for. Everybody's always wondering what is a good or what is the right price to pay for land. When you're asked this by somebody, how do you respond? Yeah, I actually get that a lot. And I get that from, you know, a lot of different people, both farmers and non-farmers. I'll get that question and they'll say, can you believe they paid this much for the land? Or, you know, how, how can they afford that? And, you know, it, it really is very individualized. And I know that's kind of a generic term and it's, it's, you know, it just, a lot of times I say it depends, you know, if, if, they can afford it or not because every operation is unique in their way um they have everyone has kind of different offsetting factors that might support uh why it makes sense to purchase the land at say you know if it if it's worth eight thousand dollars an acre to one maybe it's six thousand dollars to another 
But at the end of the day, the guy that bought it for $8,000 an acre, there are maybe multiple different reasons why it makes sense and is the right price for him versus the guy that it only makes sense to do it for, for $6,000. Um, and a lot of that is really based on what the makeup of, of that operation is in terms of their financial position, um, what they're able to afford, and the reasons for, for making that purchase. Well, perfect. Thank you very much for all of that, Ross. Hopefully, anybody who's out there who's thinking about, should I make this purchase? Should I, should I buy that land? Hopefully, this information just is a little bit of a guide towards helping them come to a, the conclusion. So thank you very much for your insights. We greatly appreciate it. All right. Thanks a lot, Adam. That is Ross Hebrink, VP Loan Officer with Egg Country. We want to thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions about a financial topic, we would love to hear from you. You can send us a message on Facebook, tweet at us on Twitter, or submit your question using our website at eggcountry.com.